Welcome back to episode 98 of Your Best Year Starts Here. And we ended the last episode by talking about what would love do. Now, it's a question I absolutely love to ask myself. You know, if I'm, if I'm stuck or if I'm trying to figure out wh- what to do next or where to go, I kind of think all of our decisions are driven by one or two things, either love or fear. And I'd rather come from a place of love than I would have come from a place of fear. So it's like, if I'm stuck, what would love do right now? What's the loving response to the situation I'm in? So that's really interesting. I used to have a mantra where I used to say to people, Imagine you were talking to them. They had a post-it note on their head that said, please love me. How would you talk to people as against, you know, one of the things you know I talk about is, you know, when was the last time you gave your staff a good listening to? But this is slightly different that, you you know, I'm visualizing on your very big, bald head, by the way, you've got a post-it note saying, please love me. So I'm going to be very gentle in this episode, which is ironic because we were talking about, I just bought a book, which I'd never heard of, called The Five Love Languages. Yeah, Gary Chapman, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good book. Well, I'd never heard about it. My daughter came home and said, you know, you, you're like this because it's a bit like personality profiling, that how people accept love and want love. And I just thought everyone wanted love. And, of course, for me, being quite kinesthetic, I need to feel love by someone connecting, physically holding my hand, whether it's stroking my hand or just stroking the back of my head. For some people, they want to feel love in different ways. Physical touch is one of one of the love languages in, in that book. Um, yes. but yeah, but there are others. There are things like acts of service. There are things about giving gifts. There are things about like words of affirmation. That's four of the five. I can't remember what the fifth one is off the top of my head. Well, hopefully somebody who's listening to this might send us an email to, to let us know that someone's listened to this week's episode because there are five love languages. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you tell us the fifth one, I'll send you a prize whoever it might be. It can't be you, Neil, though, okay? <laughs> but, it, but it is interesting, that concept about love versus fear, because, you know, if we love the opportunity of taking risks, if we love the idea that not everyone's going to love you. So I was talking about this today in, in one of my speeches, is that if I speak to 100 people, I know that two people won't love the work that I'm doing, but I'm still going to love the audience anyway, instead yep. of fearing the 2% rejection. Because I know that 2% in any audience I'm talking to, the same as who are listening to this podcast. And I do find it funny sometimes when someone says, I've listened to 93 episodes and I didn't really like last month's. Well, if you listen to 93, you obviously like something we're doing. Yep. But the fear of not being loved can be so strong that you, you get paralyzed. Oh, without, with, without, without, without a doubt. Um, I was, you know, I've had a few conversations with people in in recent times, actually, where, you know, I've I've been quite upfront about me in those conversations with people who've been like, you what? And I've talked about, you know, for me, a large part of my life, massively low self-esteem, massive self-doubt, massive feelings of, you know, why would anybody love me? And they're like, what, you? You're like, Mr. Confident. And it's like, yeah, me, Mr. Confident. You know, because there's one thing between how you, there's one thing about how you show up in front of people, and there's something else about the questions you ask yourself when you walk away. Now, over the last probably five, maybe even 10 years, I've got way better at looking after myself and actually going, I'm okay being me, right? But it's, it's been a journey that I didn't just, you know, 
I think the best way to say it is, you know, I had a lot of like deep seated things that affected me and it, I didn't just snap out of it one day. It took time. It took a process. It took work. It took effort. It took practice. But doing all of that, I, I got to a point where I'm comfortable being Neil, right? But people that have only ever known the Neil that's comfortable being Neil go, you? Nah, never. But the truth is, some of the people that even knew me then wouldn't know because I put such a bravado on. Like I was going to come at you as if I was the best thing on earth, but I'd walk away going, yeah, you're useless and you're rubbish and you screwed that up and you don't know what you're talking about. And my, my self-talk was so negative. I oh, see. I was just about to say, I wonder how much self-talk you did. So I was sharing only on Monday about the power of self-talk regardless of the power of external communication. Yeah. So external communication is simple. But if your internal talk, and we've spoken about this before, about how we talk to ourselves and the negative affirmations we give ourselves, I'm not good enough. You know, Princess Diana's quote, if I spoke to my friends or I spoke to myself, I wouldn't have any friends. Yeah. So for everyone who's listened to this, I'd be really grateful if you could journal every time you said something negative, took the piece of paper, threw it in a bin. If you had a fire, throw it in the fire and replace it, which is about the laws of replacement, mm -hmm. replace it with a positive statement. The problem is the minute you self-loathe, very hard to love anybody else. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's you're dead right. How do you love someone else when you don't love yourself? Because how are you being, going back to, we talked about things like integrity and authenticity and all that kind of stuff. Like, how do you show up with that when you don't believe in you? It's really, you know, it's a really hard thing to do. And I'm not saying that people that have low self-esteem can't love someone else. They absolutely can. But there's always, in, at least in my experience, there's, there's always this thing in the background of, but am I really worthy of the love that I get? You know, and I've actually, it's like many things in life where there's a huge paradox where the thing we need to, it's like the thing we need to give away is the thing we get. You know, so if you give more love, guess what? You'll probably feel more loved and receive more love back because your own actions that you give to other people, like, find their way back to you. You know, there's, um, there's a quote I first heard from Tony Robbins. I don't know if it's his or if it came from somewhere else, but it basically... It came from someone else. Yeah, but, but it basically says if you treat the end of a relationship like it's the beginning, it never needs to be the end. Now, you know, I've had relationships end, um, you know, including... Uh, you know, a marriage that ended last year, you know, it's, it's difficult when those things happen and sometimes they do happen. And it, you know, regardless of where you sit in that breakup, it's still never a nice experience for anybody. Um, but there are even, even something like that, there's a way to approach it that says, well, how do I try and do this in a loving way? And I'm not saying you'll always get it right. I'm not saying that I always get it right, but it's like, how do I approach these things in a loving way rather than a place of fear or a place of resentment or a place of anger? Because truthfully, fear, resent, resentment, anger, th th they're all kind of fear. You know, they're, they're all a negative thing that basically is, you know, I'm afraid of something, so I'm going to retaliate or I'm going to be spiteful or I'm, versus if I approach this from love, how do I show up now? And like I say, I'm not in any way pretending to be perfect to this. I'm not even close to perfect to this, but I'm at least aware of it. And that awareness is the starting point of, of change and of making yourself into a better person, in my opinion. Look, it's about vulnerability. That when you actually know that you are good enough 
and that you love yourself, there's a chance you can express that externally. I'm always curious when people are angry, they're negative, they're dismissive, they are destroying other people. They've got stuff going on internally. And are they willing to look at it? And so when I do coaching, and I often ask people about their relationships with the past, or I ask them relationships about boarding school, or the relationship with their father, they're always amazed how that affects them in the boardroom. Yeah. So I'm often saying that the action, the action, the attitude and your results in the bedroom will affect the boardroom, and your be- your boardroom will affect your actions in the bedroom. And so people say, well, what? how can you say that? Well, because you bring both forward. You, know, mm-hmm. you carry so much baggage that if we really allowed ourselves just to know we are good enough. I mean, Carl Rogers said, who we are is good enough if only we would be it openly. But yeah. it's very hard with negative self-talk and the amount of negative self-talk that we do. So when I said I'd like you to write down a negative phrase and then throw it away, replace it with a positive, and then carry your positive statements. And you know people have got positive jars on their desk and they've got, you know, we've shown the testimonial books. But if you could just realize that every day is a miracle, you know, you, you may wake up with bad breath, but at least you've got breath. Yep. The size of your funeral is going to be dependent on one thing and one thing only, the weather. You know, it's not that complicated. Recognize today that everyone who's listening to this podcast or who might be watching this video on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, you are phenomenal. You were chosen. You know about the sperm race, don't you? Do you know about the sperm race? Go on. So, you know, the sperm decides it's got to be the strongest sperm to get to the egg. But now comes a really good piece of research. The egg actually chooses which sperm it wants. Yeah. So we are obviously the chosen one. So we started life nine months in theory before we were born as being chosen. Now, that's an incredible feat. So we were wanted, we were loved, we were nurtured, all that stuff, the very first day we were conceived. And also, you know, sorry, cut across you, but also like when we're born, as a human being, you cannot survive without somebody loving you. You will die. Well, and and there's so much research about babies who are in orphanages who are fed every single day and still die because of lack of touch and lack of love. Yep. And there are people who are love, nurtured, Dutch, who aren't fed that much and who thrive and survive. So we know we need to be touched, nurtured, loved. And, you know, in the book, The Five the five Languages. Five Love Languages. Yeah. That one of them is to be nurtured, but is to be affirmed that you are good enough. So yep. I would like everyone who is listening to this podcast right now to add these words, I am enough and I'm lovable and I am loved. Now, I spoke in a couple of episodes before, I don't really do affirmations. But I do know that if you woke up every morning and said, I am enough, I am lovable, and I am loved, your day would start better than, shit, what am I going to do today? I've got to go on the underground. It's going to be awful. My boss doesn't like me. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a lovely little story about a boy who wakes up one morning and uh, his mum shouts out, it's time to go to school. It's time to go to school. And he says, look, I've got to go. I've got to have another half an hour sleep. 29 minutes later, mum says, you've got to go to school. You've got to go to school. And the boy says, I hate school. There are 476 kids in my school who hate me. There are 68 teachers who hate me. Why should I go to school? And the mum says, because you're the headmaster. 
you know, even at that level, we need to know that we're loved, we're good enough, we're supported. And Neil, publicly, I love you and I want to thank you for the hard work you've done in producing this show. I love you too, mate. And, you know, the, the thing I would the thing I would almost say is it's like, you know, what is your enoughness level, right? Like, where are you today? If I said to you, how good enough are you or how enough full stop are you? What's your enoughness level right now? Well, you see, Fran will always say, I sometimes will look at them and go, I'm bloody phenomenal, you know? I love this face. And she will often say to me, how can you do that? Because no one else is going to say it to me just for the records. But it's, but it's then, how do you increase your enoughness level, right? So where's your enoughness level? How do you increase your enoughness level? And one of the things we talked about, and enoughness, I know, is not a word. Before yeah, it tells know. us off, you know, it's not a word. It is now. It's my word. Um, but, you know, the other, the other thing that we... I'm sure someone told us it was not a word that we talked about before, but I'm going to put this one out there. The way to increase your self-esteem, also known as your enoughness level, is to do esteemable things. Esteemable things, okay. Right, and that was, that was that. something someone said. I don't think that's a word. It might even have been you that said it. But it's like, when I say esteemable things, it's like do things that make you feel good, which are probably for somebody else. Like what is, a, what is an act of kindness you can, like back to what would love do, what gift can you do from a place of love for somebody else? And when I say gift, I don't necessarily mean giving them anything. I mean, like making a phone call to someone who you know isn't seeing hardly anyone right now because they're locked in their house because of the, you know, this crazy world that we're in at this point in time. Or, you know, you see someone on the street that looks miserable and you just smile at them. You know, and, or you it's say no thank one you of my to someone. phrases, which is still enough, still a little bit of time each and every day to do something for someone else even when you know you won't get the credit. Especially when you won't get the yeah. credit. But because so, especially when you don't get the credit, you give credit to yourself, and that raises your enoughness level. And your esteemability. Yep, absolutely. So, so end of this episode, I think it's been a very loving episode. I'm feeling a bit warm inside, and I'm feeling, oh, God, stop it. Um, but if you've loved this episode, <laughs> if you've loved this episode, and you love Neil more than me, that's okay, because uh, I'm, I'm enough. Uh, he needs a bit more self-esteem at the moment. Uh, I'll tell you why in the next episode. Really? Because um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know, I'll tell you in the next episode. Uh, if you like what we've done, share this, review it. Let us know what you think about it. And we will see you next week. Have a phenomenal week. And remember, love yourself enough. Your best shit.